Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me here again today as he has been for a while now, Zach has become a big part of the show. We'll get to Zach in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Dead Soxy. Hot weather is here. With it comes the inevitable debate of sock or no sock with your loafers. So save your feet and your shoes for making their own impression and step into summer and into the early portions of fall with some no-shows from Dead Soxy. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. We'll make it even better. Go to deadsoxy.com. Enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. You get 30% off all orders, including sale items and including these no-shows that are the same quality you already love and enjoy with their traditional dress sock, and they come with the no-slip guarantee. So go to deadsoxy.com. Check out the no-show collection. Remember to enter promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off all orders. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call the number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and uh, he'll get back to you within 15 minutes in business hours. He'll get you a quote. You'll be thrilled. Uh, It's going to be right to the bottom line. You don't do all that hassle and haggle and see who can screw each other over the stuff that a lot of car dealers do. It's right to the bottom line. And then you get fantastic service. You get a great product. Uh, Corey gives you delivery options, everything. Whatever you want, he'll take care of it. He wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He's mine, and he can be yours too. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Good morning, Neil. It is a lovely Wednesday here, um, but I'm still somewhat frustrated because college football has yet to start it's almost here i know i know and it's it's two games and one is a uh a late night west coast kickoff so that's always fun yeah now i don't think miami and florida will be much of a game but it's football i'll watch it i'd pretty much watch Fordham and Cornell play right now. I'd like Fordham in that game, I think. <laughs> All right, look, before we get to football, I'm going to give you some basketball. Uh, I know people are getting antsy. The, the The basketball season is still a ways away, but recruiting is kind of going. Uh, I am – we're taping this on Wednesday morning at 1026. I'm expecting some basketball news. Probably before you even hear this, which makes this a very awkward listen, but because I'm not positive that it will happen before you hear this, I've got to be awkward. I am expecting very positive basketball news regarding the 2020 class, uh, the 2019-2020 class happening here in the next day or so, 
it's something that's been hinted at for a while. I think it's going to happen. I think it's really good news for the Ole Miss program. And then I am going to go ahead and make a projection. And, Zach, you know I don't like projections. I don't like predictions. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of the crystal ball thingy. I don't do the crystal ball at all because I don't work for 24-7. But Rivals has a future cast. Yes. I've only done a few future casts. Um, I haven't done this one in the system yet because, I don't know, I just haven't. I'll do it here on the Soft Verbal Podcast. Jamin Brakefield is going to sign with Ole Miss. I would I would agree. I have submitted my future cast in the <sighs> database. Well, look at you. I will let your future cast count for mine as well. <laughs> um, All right. Jamin Brakefield is going to sign with Ole Miss. Jamin Brakefield is going to be a part of the Ole Miss team next season. He is a program shaper, a difference maker. I think he will be uh, on the same roster and basically in the same class. If you people can't read between these lines, then I can't help you with Sean Robinson. And I, th- Brian Tyree graduates at the end of the season. He will run out of eligibility. I feel safe in saying that will happen. And uh, Jarkel Joyner will go on to Brian's scholarship. Mm-hmm. Sean Robinson will be joining the Ole Miss program at some point in the next 12 months. Again, man, lines to be read between. Um, the roster will be full, completely full, when Robinson joins it. And when he does... They're going to sign Brakefield. Someone's going to go. They're going to make room for Jamin Brakefield. They're not going to tell him, no, man, we're full. That's not going to happen. They will make room <laughs> for Jamin Brakefield. And so when the people say, tell me more, Neil, about the 21, 2021 class, there's not a lot to tell you. They're, they're, they are officially at the point as a program, and, and – Kermit Davis has done this in 17 months, which is mind-boggling to me, in a positive way. He's put them in a spot where unless you are the kind of player who can walk in and dramatically impact the program, they probably don't have room for a little while. Now, guys could get... That's a refreshing problem to have. Guys could get processed... Somebody could get unhappy with the lack of playing time and transfer. College basketball is absolutely chock full of transfers. It happens. And it could happen to Ole Miss. It happens to everybody. But looking at the roster today, it would require two attritions. I don't even think that's a word, but we just made it one. Two items of attrition to make room for Brakefield and someone else. And Brakefield's coming. So there's going to be at least one instance of attrition. Mm -hmm. So I know the focus is on football, as it should be. It's August the 21st as we record this. But the Ole Miss basketball program, he has remade that roster in 17 months, and it's remarkable. Yeah, and I think that um, yeah, this season is going to be – honestly, it's – 
and I'll steal some of your thunder, maybe some of your, I, I guess, the way you've been talking about the football team is is how you're just excited to see how this football team is. You know, just I want to see how they play. I want to see how these coaches work. And that's kind of how I am with this basketball team. They've got this roster now with some ability in the front court. They can really stretch you on defense. They're long. They're athletic. Uh, last year, I mean, they would if anybody had any front court presence, Ole Miss was just getting pounded. And, I mean, that happened um, – Oklahoma, that LSU game. I mean, anything. I mean, now they've got dudes. I mean, they've got you know Sammy Hunter's on his way. Um, Hadim C is there. He is a big, big guy. I mean, they've they've got some bodies now where they can kind of play the way Kermit, I think, ideally wants to play on both ends of the floor. So yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see this team and this roster get on a court and play together. Lots of wings. They went from having no wings to lots of wings. Mm-hmm. Buffin, Henson, Rodriguez, I think. You mentioned Kadeem C., Sammy Hunter, Sean Robinson at some point, Jamin Brakefield, yeah. wings. Austin Crowley. Yeah, and I, I almost he's listed a him a as guard, a wing. But... I, I think he's going to play so much backcourt that calling him a wing might be a little disingenuous, but he is talented enough to get on the wing. Mm-hmm. I don't think on this team he's truly going to be a, a wing in the truest sense of the word. I think he's going to be more of a guard. They were parsing hairs and getting into semantics, but you know what I mean. Right. It. I mean, it's just, just an NBA-level athleticism and talent and, and size. Yes. When's the last time you could say that about Ole Miss basketball? Uh, not since I've been on the beat. I've covered... You know, the team that had Buckner and Holloway and had a couple of other guys kind of that had some size, that, 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 mm-hmm. they, they occasionally looked the part. Reggie had a lot of length, and when he was taking his medicine, was, was a, a really good internal defender. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's They never really – those teams were always very guard-reliant. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess, to bring it back to recruiting before we jump back into football, I, I am really excited to see Kermit kind of take it and run with it with Terrence Davis is in the league now, how that's going to affect recruiting. Like, are we going to see this big jump in the reach of Ole Miss basketball now with Terrence Davis is now on the roster for the defending NBA champions? Um, that's, you know, Tariko White's the last dude nine years ago to sniff the association, so that's um, a game changer. Yeah, it's a game changer. It gives them. It, it finally lets Ole them erase that negative. It's been a big negative. Hey, do y'all have any NBA presence? Uh, nope. Got Gerald Glass. <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah. Nobody really remembers Justin Reed. No, I mean you know. Rest in peace. But absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, forever ago. You got to have. Current NBA presence. Mm-hmm. I think Sean Robinson's got a chance to be an NBA player. I think Jamin Brakefield's got a chance to be an NBA player. There's, they're headed in that direction. It's it's a heck of an accomplishment. I will be fascinated to see the next twenty four months or so of Ole Miss basketball.
maybe they'll be selling booze by then. Well, now don't get. Oh, wait, hold up. Don't get. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. They need to have a committee, and then a commission, and then a subcommittee, a subcommission, and then a new committee, and then a super committee, and then you'll figure out whether it's safe to serve a Bud Light at a football game. Look, Neil, we haven't even had any focus groups yet. Come on. Well, that's true. Nor have they had like a public forum kind of a thing. Because I think it's important for people to have an opportunity to stand at a microphone and just talk to a wall. <laughs> I really, you never know. You might hear something profound that changes everything. Yeah. A town hall meeting. This is like being in a gas station and the cashier holding up a lottery ticket and he says, hey, this is this is a winner. This is this is going to win you. Uh, the Powerball worth a million dollars. And then you just go, nah, I'm good. And you just walk out. Yeah, it's and before, just, it's, and before anyone says I'm exaggerating, no, millions of dollars can be made with this. But you're going to make Texas money. Makes- it's just, and it's, it improves the game day experience. It improves the game day experience. It adds another option to the game day experience at a time when, and not just at Ole Miss, but everywhere, getting people to come to games is more difficult than it used to be. Yeah. Simple as that. And I had somebody email me and go, well, there's a big difference between going to the big game. and I, Yeah, I'm not talking about the big game, dude. I'm not talking about Ole Miss, Georgia, when both teams are in the top ten on a Saturday afternoon. Where, yeah, being there is a big difference maker. I'm talking about Ole Miss, Southeastern Louisiana, Cat. When the, you know who's going to win the game. You know the game's not going to be all that entertaining. There is a difference. You want to add as many things as you can to get the guy to go, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna come. I'm going to make the trip. Yeah. And, and don't is, give me know, the whole, well, you know, if you're a real fan, stop. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> nope. I mean, I honestly thought the party decks was a, was a step in, in the right direction. You're trying to appeal to the students. You're yeah. trying to help them. Like, I appreciate that. Sure. But – Selling alcohol is going to appease to everyone. And this isn't athletics, by the way. Athletics is all for it. It's it's above that. It's it's just yeah, pointing right. out this before anybody thinks we're criticizing. I'm not above criticizing the athletic department. I've done it plenty of times, but in this case, there's no that would, <laughs> there's no merit. They they want to do it. They're ready to do it, but unfortunately for them, they don't have the final say. So, all right, Zach, you made the mistake of uh, I mean, you uh, you went to the message board and opened a thread. That's right. It was your decision. You said, hey, what do you think about this? And I said, man, don't do that. That's crazy. And you did it anyway. <laughs> and uh, so now we will pay the price for uh, what for your decision. I'm pulling it up now, the big thread. You asked for recruiting questions, and you got them. So let's see. Pulling them up. The best questions, Neil. The best questions. Fire away verbal questions. There were 41. We're not going to get to 41. I'm going to play the role of editor right here. All right, here we go. Hattiesburg Reb. You get to go first on all of these. Hattiesburg Reb says, are we, and I assume by we, he's referring to Louisiana Monroe. Maybe it's Ole Miss. He's referring to Ole Miss. Could be Southern. It could be. Could be. Are we finished adding to the offensive line class? Asking me today... August 21st at 10.38 local time, 
I would 2019 say yes. and the year of our Lord. To the, the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Um, I've said it on the board plenty of times, and I think that you've mentioned it as well. I think that Ole Miss is right now they are only they're strictly looking for impact offensive linemen only. They're not just going to take a guy to take one, and I think they're looking for tackles specifically. Um, there are some some guards out there. They're still. You know, on the proverbial board, but I, I'm going to say no, I, or I'm going to say yes. They are finished adding. Um, I think they're last year's crop. They got seven. They signed seven guys, and they like them. I, yeah, they like them all. And I mean, you're probably going to see two, three of them play a lot this year. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I, I, the room's pretty full already, and barring you know uh, an impact dude knocking on. Jack Bicknell's door asking if he can join the class. I'll, I'll say they're done. Agreed. Vibin Reb 45 says, do you guys think Jacob Peeler will stay at Ole Miss after the season? I think he's done a great job recruiting. As far as I know, I don't think he's leaving. I mean, I think he's in the same boat that uh, John Summerall was in, which is he's, he's very well thought of in the business. He's an mm-hmm. excellent recruiter. He's a very good coach. He's a up-and-comer in the field. Um, you know, if he gets a coordinator job at the Power 5 level, you know, it's a different deal. But it, 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 do I think he's going to take a lateral job? No, I don't. I think he'll stay. Well, if someone offers him the head coaching job someplace, well, he's, you know, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, left, he left a cushy Pac-12 gig in a really nice city in a really nice state to come all the way back. To his home state. Yeah, so. I think he wants to coach in, in this league, preferably. So, you know, yeah. if LSU offers him the offensive coordinator job, well, that's a different creature, but as of he today... Yeah, and as a devil's advocate, I mean, people ask this all the time about him being promoted to offensive coordinator. I mean, he has no coordinator experience, so someone hiring him is a, you know, that's a huge risk for them to take, but I mean, at this point, He's gotten to where he can virtually get whoever he wants now at the position. Yeah, and this is a real learning opportunity for him to learn from Rich Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, now he gets to actually coach routes and stuff and not just chasing grass. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Naples Believer, will there be a commit by the Egg Bowl? How many will wait to sign on National Signing Day and not sign on early signing day Mm, i think there will be a commit before the egg bowl um we've mentioned who we think is next i mean you and i both i think agreed emmanuel forbes might flip and somebody like amari thomas might get antsy and commit early um i think there'll be at least one or two how many will wait for the February signing day. Well, we know McKinley Jackson has said numerous times that he's going to sign in February. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, it, whether it's the early signing day or the February signing day, I mean, J.J. Pegues is going to wait. Um, I, it, most of them, if they haven't already, unless they just have a change of heart, I think they're going to wait just to have their senior season, enjoy the process, all that good stuff. You nailed it. You don't even need me here. I could just I could just leave and just leave the recorder going and just say, <laughs> keep talking. 
What other recruits from Memphis do you see being added to this class? Amari Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still outside looking in on Bryson Neeson. Um, I think certainly helps his teammates committed to Arkansas. I think Ole Miss will need to get him back on campus at some point, whether that be unofficially or officially. Um, that's, that's probably the only two that I'm comfortable saying they have a chance at. Um, I think they have a really good shot at Amari Thomas. Bryce and Eason, 50-50 at this point. Um, only other name that comes to mind is Marcus Henderson at, at MUS, but like we've said, they're pretty full at, at offensive lines, so either some attrition or maybe take him late, but yeah, Amari Thomas, Bryce and Eason. Yeah, I think they get Thomas, and I don't think they get Eason. I don't know that they have room for Eason today. Yeah. I mean, they have only have about three spots right now. Yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, they, they can, they're going to make room for people, but they have going into today mm-hmm. three to four spots that yeah. they can count on. And so Thomas, Jackson, now you're down to one to two spots. Pegues, mm-hmm. now you're down to zero to one spot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know. And you're t- and you're taking those three no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're taking those three for sure, and that's before you get to a Jamarian Latham, mm-hmm. um, Reggie Grimes. Yeah, you just uh, that's before you take Emmanuel Forbes, right? It's before yeah. another possible flip could happen. So yeah, yeah just they're going to be pretty picky from here on out. That that, that was all that was all part of the plan too. Mm-hmm. Who do you view as the top three targets for Ole Miss in 2021? He says in-state or out-of-state. That's such a big field of – this isn't a knock on the question or Nas 5108 or Nas 5108. I don't know that I'm positioned to answer who the top three targets are. I I think that's too big of a field. They they love some of the wide receivers in the state for next year for sure. But in terms of a top three overall target, I, I don't know that – I think it's too early to say that. Yeah, I mean, the, the the three best players in the state of Mississippi next year are all wide receivers. Um, uh, one's committed to Mississippi State, Deion Smith, but then you've got Antonio Harmon, who most, like you've said over and over, he's going to end up being the best player in the state. And if he's not ranked as the number one player in the state, who cares? Um, Isaiah Brevard at, at South Haven – is another really good receiver. Um, Brandon Buckholter is already committed to Ole Miss. He is really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as nationally, though, I mean, I don't even really know. Oh. It's just too early to go there yet. Yeah, it's it's a long way off, and there's that's just a that's a huge net to cast. I mean, that's that's a lot. Uh, let's see. C. Strand wants to know, he says, Zach, I demand to know, and I demand to know right now, do you expect uncommitted recruits visiting during games or waiting till the end of the season? If so, which recruits? I want my answer now. I'll kill you otherwise. <laughs> so uh, he's referring to last year when they held out on – bringing in guys officially until after the season or not not all of them but big they don't target. like official visits during the season it's it's 
it's problematic. Yeah, well, you, don't, you don't get to spend any time with them. It's just problematic. The team stays in Tupelo the night before games. You don't know what time the game's going to be until 12 days before the game, sometimes six days before the game. Uh, it, it's just – it's not a – unless you have to do it on a JUCO kid, for example, it's just not mm-hmm. smart when you could wait until – that first weekend in December, the last weekend in November, and bring guys in where you can really focus on them. Right. Now, unofficially, sure. Yeah, yeah, leave, yeah, yeah. Leave a leave a pass at the whatever check in table where recruits come in. Yeah, that no, yeah. Like I expect if Ole Miss is what three and and0 going into Cal, um, I expect that unofficial visit list to be very long because if Ole Miss is three and and0 and they're playing a Pac-12 team. Um, weather's nice. I expect it to be a nice crowd. People will be fired up. Ole Miss is 3-0. It's a good atmosphere. So they're going to invite a ton of kids. So, yeah, unofficially, of course, they're going to visit. Um, officially, I lean more towards waiting until after the Egg Bowl when you can have everybody there on campus. You can bring the family in, do a tour, all that good stuff. But yeah, during the season, it's it's just a waste of time, honestly. What is your confidence, Zach, that Emmanuel Forbes flips to Ole Miss? What is your confidence rate, he says? I think he means your confidence percentage. Uh, I'm going to hold I you to this. Give me something between 1 and 100 to a decimal point. Your percentage okay. your percentage confidence that Emmanuel Forbes Jr. flips to Ole Miss. I'll say 75.8%. Okay. I will say 81.234%. Okay. Not 81.235, that is too high, but 81.234, done. Yeah. You're uh, using a scientific calculator for that. Yeah, well, ULM, baby. <laughs> and and I was a Rustin Bearcat, so there you go. a lot of math. Um, C. Strand wants to know any update on Avante Williams, another guy that we probably should have listed earlier as a possibility. Yeah, um, so... Really, the only update, he's actually been fairly quiet um, since the opening. He hasn't talked much, committed to Oregon. The only update I have is they're expecting him to visit during the season. Not sure if that's officially or unofficially, but they're expecting him to make a trip. I would assume that they're wanting it to be unofficial, and then they're going to bring him in officially after the season but that's where things stand right now charles clark is in constant communication with him easily his top target left on the board without a doubt outside of uh some of the memphis guys that's part of his territory i I believe um yeah he's still got memphis and florida um yeah that's that's where things are right now i don't think he ends up at at oregon not saying he's going to go to Ole miss but i just don't think he'll end up at or at oregon uh in the end but um Neil, I, I want to flip a question to you here since you mentioned Rustin. Is your alma mater being sued by Rutgers currently? Yes. What oh, is that about? Don't get me started. Uh, Rustin. Well, which well, we be- all know you can't mess with the tradition of, of Rutgers uh, Scarlet Knight football. Come on. Rustin, which is a city in Louisiana that begins with the letter R, has a football team, the Bearcats. The mighty, mighty Bearcats. And they have red helmets. They've always had red helmets. And they have a big white R on it. Because 
when you see an R, you think Rustin. Rustin, right. Rutgers thinks that they own the letter R. And because they have an R on their football helmet, they don't think that the Rustin Bearcats should put an R on their football helmet. Huh. First first question, why does Rutgers care? That's a great question. <laughs> and secondly, holy sh- It's a high school football team. It's I mean, look, they should play all of their games on ESPN, but they don't. No one, unless you yeah. go to James Field and watch the Bearcats play, is going to see the helmet. And again, it shouldn't be that way. All of their games should be on national television, but they're not. So how is Rustin infringing on Rutgers' ability to sell T-shirts <laughs> or something? Maybe this is why Chris Ash and uh, the Scarlet Knights went 1-11 last year. Oh, I hope they just go. Couldn't get oh, Rustin out of their mind. I hope they don't win a single game. No joke. It's just, it's such a waste of time. <laughs> such a waste of time. That yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of common sense, and there's none here. Oh well. Welcome to welcome to America. I mean, you're really upset about a high school team in Louisiana. You're really upset about a high school team putting a block R on a on a helmet. Because it looks similar to your block R, which looks similar to every other block R out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be like That's Nebraska silly. suing every school that puts an N on the helmet. <laughs> like Nettleton or wherever. Oh, man. Anyway. What a time. What a time to All be right, an American. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? Okay, so update. Going to get the Popeye sandwich today. Tried the last two days and it failed. I'm going to get it today. I really hope it lives up to the hype because I've heard so many people say it's really good. Um, now I'll flip. I'll flip the question here, or I guess maybe just choose the uh, the option C. I until I taste Popeyes, I won't be able to judge it. But I still think Wendy's has the best spicy chicken sandwich. So, I do like Chick-fil-A, but if I'm going spicy chicken sandwich, I'm going Wendy's. By the the time people hear this, they will have seen my mailbag. I have a very very unpopular opinion that's coming out in the mailbag that is possibly going to lead to riots in the street. (laughs) Okay. I respect Chick-fil-A quite a bit. Their business model, their customer service, uh, all of that. Outstanding. Outstanding. Hate that they're closed on Sunday. That's but that's their decision, and I respect their decision to stick by it. That all of that being said, I find their chicken, and I don't eat fried food much at all anymore. But back in the day when I did, I always found their chicken to be a little too sweet. Have you ever made it at home? I have not. Because, you know, I mean, everybody knows the recipe, basically. You just basically brine it in pickle juice. So, if you want to do, you know, some Chick-fil-A chicken at home, 
brine it in pickle juice, throw it on the grill. It's very good. But, yeah, I can see that. I just have always found it to be a little sweet. It's it's good, and I, I know that it's loved mm-hmm. by millions everywhere. And, again, I'm a fan of Chick-fil-A. Their customer service is outstanding. I really had beef with them when they got rid of the chicken Caesar wrap that they used to have. Because I would get that all the time. And they did a rebrand with the menu, and they got rid of it, and I was not happy. And I haven't had Popeye's in, man, at least 10 years and probably more than that. Oh, I love it. It's so good. See, I was asked a fried chicken question, and it was like several of the places that were listed. I've never had it. I haven't had Kentucky fried chicken probably since I was in middle school. Yeah, that's that's fine because that's KFC's trash. Ooh. Just saying. Just my opinion. Email uh, chase.parm at uh, gmail.com if you have any uh, issues with these takes. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's see. Name one player that outsiders would be surprised Ole Miss has a realistic shot with. Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> oh no! Uh, this year, um, uh, Abante hmm. Williams. Yeah. Okay. I was I was leaning to that. Um, I'll go somewhere else with it. Um, I'll say Reggie Grimes. We've talked about him a lot. I feel like most people talk a lot about South Carolina. Talk a lot about Tennessee, and then the Bama connection is there, so naturally they're going to talk about Bama, and Bama does pretty well at this recruiting thing, so um, can't hurt that. Um, can't hurt to mention them, but I think Ole Miss has got some connections there with um, locally Middle Tennessee area. Tyrone Nix was there for a long time. Um, they have D.R.A. McDonald, Jabari Small committed. I think that that's going to play a factor. If they can get him back on campus, whether it be unofficially or officially, um, I think that because uh, I think he said he's going to commit in November uh, could change, obviously. But um, I think Ole Miss has a good shot. I mean, it's probably four teams. I'd say South Carolina leads right now. Uh, I think distance is going to play a factor, though. I think he kind of wants to stay close to home. And then I think Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Alabama are in there. But I don't know if Alabama's going to have room because they recruit everybody. What would be a cool business for a group to start in Oxford? Uh, boy, all the jokes. I, I could make so many. I won't. Um, <laughs> I don't know. A cool business. Um, I still say a really good sports bar. A legitimately good sports bar that actually serves real food, good food. Mm-hmm. would kick ass. Yeah, like a like a, are you just wanting like good pub grub or Yeah, yeah, like, like, high, but, but, like but, high scale. No, legitimately pub good pub grub. Legitimately okay. good. Yeah, um I've never had it, but I know a lot of people love it. A uh, couple of my friends who live in Oxford 
have said that a one of those rolled ice cream places would kill. Yeah, I probably would. All the kids and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, food industry is boom or bust, man. It's a tough, it's a tough industry to crack, but everybody seems to be doing all right in Oxford with it, though. Yeah, a lot of people are seem to seem to be doing well. Okay, let's see. Um, what color is that dress? It's white and gold. Oh, I see blue and black. Do you really? Yeah. It's bizarre. I see white and gold. No question about it. That's so weird. It never changed for me either. People said, no, 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 it changes. But no, it never did for me. Is a hot dog a sandwich? They actually had this conversation. Anthony Rizzo and Nicholas Castellanos had this conversation during the Little League game Sunday night. Cubs and oh, Pirates. really? Yeah. They had Rizzo mic'd up, and he and Castellanos were having a debate about during the game, hot dog, a sandwich. Castellanos's argument was because a hot dog, the bread is still attached, it, mm-hmm. and it folds, it is a sandwich, which to me makes it not a sandwich because a sandwich, the bread is two separate pieces of bread. Okay, but what about like a? Uh, there are sandwiches that do have the the bread connected, though. There are, but are those technically wraps? Well, now we're just getting into a, a semantics here. I, well, I mean, like some like burger places. Um, there's a really good place here uh, called Hugh Babies, and they do a really nice griddle burger, and. It's basically the whole bun is basically just like a mouth, like it opens up. And there's another place here that does that as well for a burger. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, all jokes aside, I, I like to say it's a sandwich. Um, now, the picture that they have here um, is making me really hungry. And uh, that's a good-looking sandwich there. So I'm going to say yeah. Okay. I mean, we can fight about these things all day, but at some point. <laughs> um, he wants to know toilet paper over or under. I know this makes me a communist. I don't have a preference. I've never thought about this, but I do over at the house. Okay. So. Never never thought about it. Uh, <laughs> right now we have Ole Miss has three running backs committed. Do you see that any might change positions if yes to what? Um, I think they're all going to get – they have different kinds of running backs in this system. Mm-hmm. You have a traditional running back, and you have a slot back, scat back. You asked me this question in the mailbag, and I joke around, but you'll read it later. Noel Devine, Steve Slayton were two different kinds of backs. They're both right. running backs – but they kind of play different spots. So I think they get them. Look, I think with running backs, they want to get guys that are difference makers, get them on campus, and then figure out where they fit. I don't I don't think they – Yeah. This I, staff does not want to pigeonhole players other than no, like quarterbacks. And, yeah, and Rich Rod's going to get people on the field that can make plays. He's not going to care how. Um, I, you, You've been to practice. I have not. I've seen your videos, but I haven't seen it live. But I've watched I, I watched the 2006 Rutgers-West Virginia game this morning. Um, 
Rich Rod is a big fan of getting people in the slot that can make plays and getting them the football. So if that means putting Jabari Small out there in a slot, putting Tylen Knight in the backfield, putting you know Kaiwan Herndon in the slot out wide, he, he's going to do whatever it takes to get guys the football that can make plays for him. So um, it doesn't matter what their name is next to on a depth chart. I think they're just going to get guys that they think fit the system and sign them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about that. You know, it's kind of like the JJ Pegues thing. Is he going to play tight ends? He's going to play deep. Like, he's going to play whatever he wants to play. And then when he gets on campus, they're going to figure it out. Oh yeah. There's no bigger. Yeah. If a dog wore pants, man, I don't, I don't know. These, these deep, <laughs> these deep philosophical things. I just, I think it's the second one. How, That's the only way I've seen a dog wear pants. Yeah. Although the first way is interesting. That is, yeah. Um, how early in the season does Neil accurately predict the end of each Cubs season, and when was it this year? I predicted uh, abject failure in uh, April, and I still sort of stand by it. This team's not winning a postseason series, and frankly, I'm not convinced it's going to win the division. So, yeah. Look, when, when when you're in a World Series window and you don't win the World Series or get to the World Series, it's a certain degree of failure. I, I and I'm, I stick to that. This team is underachieved. Damn. At least you got a World Series title though. Damn right I do. Um, what star ranking would you give to the coaches as recruiters? I don't know. I I think I, I, it's a little I, early for now. Yeah, it's too early for some of them. I'll give you one. Jacob Peeler's a four star. Yeah, but the chance to get a five star rating. Yes. Can he you goes all to talk? Camps. A, can you talk about Kaiwan Herndon a bit? I don't really know anything about him. You want to take it? Or? Uh, you can take it. He's really fast, shifty. Kid they really like. Yeah. Um, got on him early. Um, I know he's got. Uh, he got an offer from Virginia Tech after he committed. I know Florida is keeping tabs on him. Miami's talking to him. Uh, he's, and it sounds cliche, and I know this is an Ole Miss recruiting podcast, but if you're an Ole Miss fan, I wouldn't worry too much about him being a two-star. If Derek Nix and Rich Rodriguez think that he can make a difference in the offense, then just take that at face value. If Ole Miss wins six this year and shows more competitiveness against teams like Alabama, et cetera, where would you predict this class finishes? Top 15, 15 to 20, 20 plus. I have a very unpopular opinion here. Okay. I don't think it matters. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, that could be true for this season because of the – limited number of spots left, and I think that the ones that they're in on, it won't matter to. Um, I would argue that being competitive in certain games can show you, you know, we've talked about the 2012 effect. Yeah. And how, you know, close games, like, hey, man, if we had you here, you'd have made this play or you would have scored that touchdown. Yeah. I can I can go there a little bit. Um, to answer the question, though, I don't think it's going to change – where this class finishes too much just because they have such a limited number of spots. I'm still saying they're going to finish around 17, 18. Um, 
Yeah, that's my point. On this class, I don't think it impacts much of anything. I, I don't think the difference between four and eight or six and six or losing by 13 to Alabama or losing by 31 to Alabama makes mm-hmm. makes a difference in this class. Now, if you told me that it makes a difference in the work that you have to do on next year's class, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get that. But on this class, nope. Yeah, okay. Does that make yeah, sense? That makes I mean, sense. if you're talking yeah. about program momentum, okay. Absolutely. But if yeah. you're talking about this year's class, I don't I can't think of one kid who is in this in this year's class who would look at it and go, "You know, and I, I know I'm I'm not I'm not turning the question into a stupid question. It's a good question. I'm trying to but I'm trying to put it into more conversational words. For that to happen, the kid has to basically say to himself, you know, if Ole Miss had lost by 10 to LSU, I would feel much differently about my situation than I do now that they lost by 21 to LSU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead, I still think the message is the same. Hey, we're playing young guys, new systems, kind of getting over the hump from a price that we had to pay because of NCAA stuff. We're coming, and you're a big part of it. Yeah. Still very appealing to a kid. Right. I mean, now look, if the question is, do they go three and nine and lose by 63 at Alabama and lose by 49 (laughs) at Auburn? Well, now we're having a completely different conversation, but I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't believe that's in the cards. Yeah. No, I don't either. They're not going to – the I non-conference mean, will help. I mean, there's there, people say, is there a difference in recruiting between 6 and 6 and 5 and 7? And my argument's no, not really. Yeah, that's too close. Any more than there's a difference between – I mean, is McKinley Jackson, for example, going to say, "Well, you know what? I was going to go to Ole Miss if they went seven and five, but they went six and six, and that nah." Kids just don't think <laughs> like that. Well, yeah, and because he's choosing between Ole Miss and Alabama, so it's not like he's like, "Well, f- six and six is so close to thirteen and one," but they just went five and seven, so now I, I just I just got to go to the place that went to the playoff. Like, yeah, that. I agree there. Um, I just think kids get their minds made up. I, I mean, I, I, I know uh, yeah. I, I use this example all the time, and I know it's not the same. She's a girl; she's not playing football. But Campbell visited some schools. She took the trip to Arkansas, and after that, she was close-minded. Like we yeah. went, took the we no, went. To, I think we took a I visit to Auburn, for true. example, and she her mind was so made up. Auburn had no chance. Well, that's because she she wasn't there when they were rolling tumors corner. Well, that's you know. true. It's War Eagle. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think probably anywhere from seventy to seventy five percent of recruits know where they're going really early, and the rest is just yes hanging out. Yes, the rest is a which game. is fine. Oh, sure, take visits. You get to do it one time. I have no problem with it. I'd, I'd do it. You get five free ones. All right, last couple. Firefighter Reb says best pass rusher Ole Miss could sign, best inside linebacker they could sign. Hmm. I think that inside linebacker. Are we going to include current commits? I think they almost have to. 
Okay. If if you're not including current commits, the best linebacker is Grimes. The best pass rusher is Jackson. Yeah. If you're including current commits, the best pass rusher. Pass rusher. It might be uh 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 the kid from Sarah Land, um, Williams. Oh, Demar- Demarcus Thomas. Yeah, they've got him listed as a tight end. Cedric Cedric Johnson. Oh, Cedric. Okay. I'm 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 kind of big on him. Uh, best linebacker. I still think it's Jaquandis Burns. It might be. Uh, yeah. Oh, Cedric uh, from Mobile. Keys. Do you like Austin Keys? Jaquandis Burns. I'll tell you, I am. I am excited to see how he does now that he's an IMG. That's a national schedule. He's going to get to. If he wants a four star, he'll have he's every opportunity. Have his shot. I mean, it's not rusting, but it's good. <laughs> That's right. Um, I'd throw Josiah Hayes in there. Oh, he's, yeah. For somebody that's a four-star, a 5.8 on rivals, he's somewhat overlooked. Well, and you know what? This is a great example of recruiting, too, is because he recru- he committed a while ago. Mm-hmm. He gets forgotten. Yeah, and he was also a guy that just, I want to go to Ole Miss, and that was it. He didn't do anything. He didn't do the top 15, top 10, top 8, top 5. He didn't do all that. So, yeah. If I'm going uncommitted, I'd say best pass rusher could be a Grimes. I think he's a perfect 3-4 guy. And then best inside linebacker, I really like Bryson Eason. Um, that dude would be a – he'd be a day one contributor if he came to Ole Miss. Next time I go through recruiting, I'm going to have a top 27, and then I'm going to cut it down to like a top 19. I'm going to have different numbers. I'm going to make people really think. Just go odd numbers. Keep everybody on their toes. All right, last question, very serious question from 901Reb. It's very clear that he uh, he is not being sarcastic at all. Mm-hmm. He says, how many recruits are we going to miss out on because their parents can't get a nice ice-cold frosty beer in the stadium? The answer is all the recruits. All the recruits. Yep. We're not supposed to talk about it, but That's once good. they find out, yeah, they're all going to go to Southern Miss. Yep, they're all. <laughs> You're going to see a real a real paradigm shift here soon in this state. Southern Miss is going to get all the recruits to the top. Yeah, cold Bud Light. It's a game changer. Is that your go-to draft beer? Mm, no, no. Uh, when I'm at a, I was at Wrigley. I went to the Oberon on draft because God, it was so good. Oh my God, uh, so good on a cold, hot day. If mm-hmm. you tell me I have to have a domestic, I don't really care. I, I think I like both Bud Light and Coors Light more than Miller Light. Unless you are a Miller distributor and you'd like to advertise on this here podcast, I can switch <laughs> immediately. Um, frankly, if you did a a blind taste test of domestic light beers i'm not sure i'd be able to tell a lot of difference yeah i'm with you there if i'm having to not drink i've just always been a bud light guy but i would have to go coors before miller uh i i honestly if i'm gonna drink a domestic draft i'll probably go michael ultra before bud light but i mean they're pretty close but yeah 
Well, Zach, I think we have hit all of uh, the world's problems and talked recruiting at the same time. I'm very proud of the product that we just produced. When the awards come in, I'd like to put my name before yours on the trophy, but I would like to honor you. Okay, I appreciate that. This is this is the stuff that people want to hear a week before college football starts. Yeah, and I I even skipped some of the real hard hitting questions. Uh, there were a few that were just too personal. <laughs> I just said I'm not not going there. Um, hey, all right, hey, well, you want to? I have one thing, and then we'll go. Okay, do you, I want. Let's do a fun little. Uh, do you want to try to predict the uniform that Ole Miss will wear on the thirty first? Okay. I kind of want to try to predict, but also I want to throw something at you that uh, I think would look good. I'm going to say they're going to go. Is, what is Memphis wearing first? Are they wearing home blue? Or are they going to do something cute and go all white because of the heat? <laughs> um, well, Memphis is a big fan of the chrome. They wear the chrome helmets a lot. They do. Tell me their jersey color before I go further. I'll probably say they'll go white helmet blue top blue pants okay my prediction is Ole Miss will go with the all whites white helmet white jersey white pant and I would I wouldn't hate it I love that look that might be my favorite look right now so I it's not my prediction but I'll say my well actually I'll just say it whatever uh, so a friend of mine brought up this combination to me, and I was like, man, I don't know why we've never done that. It would look really good. I would like for them to do powder helmet, white, white. I think that would look oh, clean. That would look clean. And then All I right. don't know. All right, here's the, here's the better question, because this is the they get to control this. What okay. does Ole Miss wear September 7th at home against Arkansas? Because Memphis is the home team, and if Memphis says, hey, we're wearing all white, they have that right because it's the home. They're the home team. Right. And Ole Miss at that point can't go all white. They would have to adjust accordingly. Hmm. What does Ole Miss wear against Arkansas? Because Ole Miss, being the home team, gets to dictate what it will wear. I think they'll probably either go traditional navy, red, gray. Um, I'd like for it to be powder red. Or I loved the white, red, white look they did against South Carolina last year. I did too. Thought that looked good. Um, I wouldn't mind powder, red, white. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that looks good. I think the red looks good on TV, and the powder always looks good. I'm um, not a big gray pant person. They don't bother don't me. Like They're them. fine. I prefer the white pant. I do too. I, I just feel like it only works like I. Ohio State looks really good with it because it matches the helmet. Like there's some kind of, you know, there's some. I don't know. I just I've never. I just think the white pants always look better. I mean, Houston Nut broke out gray on gray. So, whoa, <laughs> hell of a look. Yeah, and Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam he was Newton. not. He was not intimidated by the all grays. <laughs> no. Had a hell of a day. All right, Zachary, uh, I've got to get to a football uh, post-practice deal, so uh, you're going to have to solve the rest of the world's problems on your own. All right. Only hard-hitting questions, Neil.
That does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. Don't forget DeadSoxy.com. Enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout. Get 30% off all orders, including sale items, including the no-shows and all their traditional dress socks, basically everything. It's a great product. You'll love it. And uh, we appreciate their sponsorship of this podcast. We'll be back next week with more uh, hard-hitting, stimulating recruiting talk. We probably will get to openly talk about a basketball development. But until then... For Zach Berry, I'm Neil McCready. Take care.